Hello, and welcome to Documentation Not Included, version 7, I believe. And virtual reality is what we're going to be talking about today. We had, as always, some slight technical problems just beforehand. So if you can hear a slight buzz all the way through the podcast, blame this guy here. My headset It sounds like his headset's dying, so we're going to have to get him to get a real microphone maybe in the future. Anyway, so thank you everybody on Twitch who's joined us. There's a little bit of chat activity today. And as you, as those who have seen us before or heard us before, it's usually Josie that does this introduction. Unfortunately, she has a, a bad throat, I believe today, or, or other illnesses, undisclosed illnesses that uh, she can't join us because of. And she's having a day off and she works very hard. So, you know, we'll let her have a day off today. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <clears throat> also, that means that there is no icebreaker today. But then again, we all know each other so much and we've break so much ice in the last sub-episode, so exactly. I don't think that's going to be... I think, uh, yeah, jo Josie said we should do it anyway as a tradition, but, you know, we're, we're the rebels of the group. Exactly. You know, Josie's yeah. the one who tries to keep us straight and narrow and we, we can say whatever we want today as well. Oh, baby! Does it mean that my fuck counter gonna go over the top? <laughs> Well, we'll see. Anyway, that's two minutes, by the way. That is the, that is the record. That is easily the record so far. <laughs> One day I will open the podcast and I will all and I will start it by just saying "fuck." Yes. Uh, I was actually looking. You know, I was looking for the Polish swear word. Is it "kurwa" or something? Yeah. See, kurwa. I looked it up. I did a Google Translate, and it came up with mm -hmm. two completely different words. Indeed. So what's going but on there? Well, the same way how fuck uh, means fornication and also the generic, uh, you know, expletive. It's exactly the same thing, except uh, kurva isn't uh, about fornication, kurva is about prostitution. Okay, right. Mm. I'm not sure if we have an equivalent in English, but uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> That'll be our icebreaker. Bitch. bitch would be that. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. Linguistic right. lessons. <laughs> So, yes, no icebreaker today, but uh, let's get on with our topic, I think. Let's move into it. So, yeah. what we were thinking of doing, and this is kind of the way we were planning on doing most of our versions anyway. Just, again, people who follow us, we do our episodes instead of episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We do versions, and then we patch the versions at some point. Not strict patching, you know. Us really anal developers would get a, a bit worried about 7.1 not, not actually being a patch. It should be a major version or whatever but any Aww. either way it doesn't matter it works so what we're going to do with this uh, with version 7 is we're going to talk about virtual reality we were going to talk about virtual reality's um future but it is still very young and the thing is is there's all kinds of emerging things coming out with with it as well um there's lots of moral implications there's lots of technical limitations as as patrick well knows having just released a virtual reality game on steam which yeah. he's very proud of and again people who have listened before will have uh, will have already known that um so yeah we're, we're gonna go no better game <laughs> now and, and i was watching it today actually on on twitch and I, i'm i quite enjoyed it it was uh, it's good and i'm not sure i'm still not quite there i'm not quite ready to buy a virtual reality headset I, it's it's totally understandable, uh, mostly because unfortunately there is not enough like games games in VR. There is a lot of something that I call tech demos. Chris is way more lenient with that. He calls them experiences. Uh, I personally think it's bullshit. For me, it's just tech demos because it's often just a proof of concept of like, oh, I can pick up an item in VR. So I, I actually just occurred to me what I think of as an experience in VR. Uh, things like, um, and I'm not sure if you've tried them, I, I borrowed a Gear VR from a friend uh, last year, and early on this year actually. Uh, very impressed with it. I mean my, my Galaxy S6 overheated very quickly and couldn't handle it, but it, I, got, I got a little bit out of it. Um, and I played the Stranger Things experience. Now it looks like a game but it's not. It's an experience. You're sat down watching what's going on, and actually, it's quite scary. Uh, if you've watched, have you have you seen Stranger uh, Things? Uh, no, I'm I'm familiar with it. I, I know what's that about, but uh... I mean, it's it. I'm not going to explain it to everybody listening because it is fairly popular. Stranger Things, but um, it was quite a good experience. I enjoyed it. You couldn't move. It was essentially just kind of funneling you around and telling you where to go and where to sit and kind of where to hide, basically from from the monsters. Um, but it was good. But it wasn't a game and it wasn't a movie so it sits in the middle of those two yeah. it's what an experience to me yeah or... 
Yeah, it's it's like an art in, in, in installation. But I think VR experiences it's it's a good way uh, to describe them. Like I'm just being snarky for the sake yeah, of yeah. being snarky. I'm just being a hater. But yeah, I think v- experience is a very nice way of saying that. And that could be actually an emerging new art form. Mm. Um, like, you know, you have your... Uh, the same way how art progressed into um, the performance art, which is which is sort of like art happening as it goes. It's like almost interactive and this sort of... Like, it's, it's like performance art for those who don't know. It's like definitely separate from normal art. And in the same way, I'd say VR experiences are separate from, let's say, movies or video games. It's something in between. It's something very interesting. So well, that's we'll a, that's an interesting thing because how is that going to evolve though? Because we were, we can't really structure this as a before, now, and after. Really, we have to yeah. talk about each thing as it comes along. So when it comes to a movie experience, though, is it going to become? The more that I see, the more uses uses I see of virtual reality, the more my mind opens to it and, and thinks about the endless possibilities of what we might be able to do with it when the hardware's caught up. Um, where does it stop when it comes to movies then? So at some point, is everybody in the cinema going to be able to don a virtual reality headset and have a full 360, well, what's it called, 10... Yeah, 360 experience, and I'd say definitely not, for a simple reason that movies make tremendous use of uh, framing. So it's um, like, you know, there is this YouTube channel, Every Frame a Painting, when they do this sort of critique from, critique of movies or exploration in movies from the perspective of cinematographer and he makes you realize all those like little nifty tricks with with like uh, framing and and like putting stuff exactly where you yeah. want it to, to guide the eye of the viewer. And you just cannot have it when you give the absolute freedom to to the viewer. Mm. So VR movies probably, like 3D VR movies, probably gonna be a thing. It's gonna be quite shitty at the start because a lot of the times people gonna just miss out stuff as they happen. So that might be tricky. But once we figure that one out, it's gonna happen. But in the same way uh, as performance art haven't replaced traditional art, they, it's just like another thing that's happening. Mm. I think the same thing is gonna happen with the movies. It's just gonna be another tier of entertainment. You see, this is what this is what I thought. You know, when all these new technologies come out, 3D t- TVs, 3D games, you know, the, uh, virtual reality, AI, etc. Mm-hmm. You think it's going, you because historically things like DVDs, have, uh, sorry, Blu-rays have replaced DVDs and DVDs replaced VHS mm-hmm. and all, it, it, technology moves on you think that it's come out this is the new thing this is a screen so it's going to replace what our traditional screens are mm-hmm. personally i think where in the future that is going to happen at the moment we already have virtual desktops in vr if anyone's played with them um i think facebook have got one that they're working on there's quite a lot of other techie kind of demos out there quite a lot of companies exploring it when I thought initially about having kind of a virtual workspace, I thought about having, oh, I could have millions of monitors. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that isn't, that's such a limiting way to think about what it could be. And I've yeah. looked at some of the other virtual desktops and it's things, you know, it's things like the whole, um, you know, moving screens around with your hands and, or just being able to press a button and it flips into another desktop view very quickly. And it's about an extension of the human kind of physique, isn't it? I suppose within yeah. VR and, and allowing you to overcome the limitations mm-hmm. of space, being yeah. able to code in a desert or something like that, mm-hmm. that, that excites me actually. Yeah, like um, a few few weeks ago, I posted a tweet when I said that we are we are like this close to having humanity's first godlike experience, and that's gonna be essentially building games from within like the VR world because like the three D sort of the, the the current VR plug I don't know the state of current plugins for uh, VR plugins for the things that I think there is a one for Blender which is a 3D gaming, uh, 3D making software. I don't think there is for Maya, but this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And making, I think, modeling in free, in VR is like it's this close yeah. because we're still having issues with the interface. But once we overcome them and we will overcome them, that's going to be literally the better way to go about things because you have the bad death perception. And it goes for so many things. I mean, like, <clears throat> Sorry, imagine making a video game and be like, let there be light mm. and you spawn a point light in a scene and then you can like move it and place it. It's just, it's, go- it's, it's going to be more efficient, more accurate and more fun. 
Um, I mean, I love, I personally love playing games where I'm building things in a game. And, you know, usually you've got quite a lot of constraints in whatever engine or whatever game has been put together. There's Everything's got their own systems. Yeah. But it'd be lovely to not have those systems. And the more the more fidelity I get in a game, um, I'm thinking of the difference between something like Minecraft, which is great. You can build all kinds of things with it, but you're limited to blocks, you know, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, blocks yeah. and slopes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to things like, um, I don't know, something like Ark Survival Evolved, where you've got an insane building system that just has electricity in it and has all these other things. It's still built around limitations, but being able to build a world with the tools that we use currently to build computer games mm-hmm. inside a VR thing, being able to, as you said, zoom right into a, 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 a one point, you know, one and, and being able to manipulate that exactly how you need to is going to have so many advantages. When yeah. you looked at the, the, you remember when Minecraft was bought by Microsoft mm-hmm. and they were showing you what you could do with AR. And you yeah, could the zoom, HoloLens. Yeah, HoloLens, and you could put a lens on, you could zoom. I mean, it was obviously all staged. It wasn't It wasn't fully there, but at least it was technically possible. I mean, first limitation of Holo, <laughs> HoloLens, it's not your entire field of view. It's like mm-hmm. literally that small of uh, like yeah. 300 pixels or something. But yeah, I think uh, I think level editors will going to have a huge comeback with VR because um, like building levels can be fun in, in normal games, but more often than not, it's, it's a hassle. Like it's, it's really pain in the butt. But uh, if you can get that right in VR, that you're gonna have the joy of building stuff. It's gonna be like Lego over, all over again. Mm. But it's Lego that you can send into the world, and other players can play in it. It's wow. So it's very I, I, um, I, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to the day that it's it's really useful because there's so many things I think about using it for. I've, I've actually spoken to you specifically about an idea I have about. Uh, creating a virtual workplace of some description. Mm. Now, there are virtual workplaces out there, virtual meeting rooms. Being a remote worker, it really adds value to what I can offer my clients, really, I suppose, rather than I think I need it. It's more of a value marketing tool. I could say, well, I've got a virtual meeting room. You can come and meet me at any point, and I'm essentially sat next to you at the desk. Yeah. So like imagine imagine something like that. Everyone is uh, sitting in their own VR. Uh, like you are you are all sitting this sitting in the same VR space, and everyone has like the bubble of their like screens around them, and you can just walk over to your coworker and take a look at their screens and like start pointing at stuff. There is like if you compare that to let's say just having voice and cameras, even voice and cameras and screen sharing. Like there is, there is no comparison of no. being able to like walk over and having audio, which is um, like um, the, the spatial audio. So you you can like when you're closer to someone, you hear them better. When you're further away, you you hear it a bit. Like it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, yeah. We're gonna have you know that scene from um, from Matrix, third Matrix, or maybe it was second when they were. Um, uh, the Zion's, um, like a flight, how, how do you call it? Like a, the Zion's flight control. So okay. when, yeah, when, when the Nebuchadnezzar, that, that ship of, mm. of Morpheus was, was, was trying to go into Zion, they were showing the flight control and they were all sort of sitting in their own like VR matrix connected yes. and they had those skins and stuff like, this is the future. And that was utter sci-fi. Yeah. 20, uh, well, was it like if you think ago? about it, how fast technology is moving, I mean, what, yeah. 10, maybe 15 years ago, having just sharing your screen, sharing a, a, a 1080p screen yeah. was, was possible, but it, it wasn't reliable, and now it's commonplace. Yeah, bandwidth issues yeah. galore. Yeah. I mean, it's not just that, is it, with, with VR. It's not just the limitations that we have in conventional hardware, such as bandwidth, and, you know, as the infrastructure grows in the UK for us, you know, we, we've already got 200 meg internet, but that'll get better and better and better, and soon everyone by standard will have a gig internet. You know, it, it'll happen. Yeah. But then we've got the actual physical limitations of the virtual reality hardware. I mean, I've Again, other people who've listened to the podcast will, uh, and people who are watching might wonder what that was that just popped up on the screen then. It was uh, Patrick's swimming pool. No, it's, it's, it's a mug. <laughs> this is the largest mug I've seen in my life. In fact, my wife has one of them, but she puts a ball of wool in it 
to to knit. I'm sure so it, so it rolls out. It's a little cheap. They're great for they're great for tea, especially when it's when it's very cold because yeah. you just have like a half a liter of warm. Yeah, I, I got distracted VR. then, but back to back to VR and hardware. Sorry. Uh, um, so we've got the problem at the moment of the resolution with virtual reality. We can't read text. You you said that on your stream today as well. You couldn't really read the Twitch chat. That well. Actually, after after I adjusted the the lenses, because unfortunately my my headset at work is a working headset, so it's got constantly put on, put off, mm. like things gonna move. And thankfully, you can you can actually adjust the focus of, of the lens. And once I actually screw it into proper place, it was surprisingly readable. Yeah. Like at the start when it was like out of focus, yeah, it was basically impossible to read. But once I adjusted everything. Yeah, like it's still, I can't like read from the distance as I have now my monitors, which is like essentially like an arm's length. But that close to a face, it's readable and it's going to get better. It mm. can only get better. So we're getting there and we're getting there fast. I pasted something in our Discord channel the other day about 8K VR somebody's working on. I didn't yeah. even know they were working on 4K VR, let alone 8K. So, I mean, this is, this is a potential use for 8K because at the moment when it comes to... Te consumer televisions tend to to run uh, to lead the evolution of resolution don't they and uh, obviously pcs are ahead of everybody else but usually but we've got 1080p displays hd displays now we've got 4k displays which again five years ago people looked at and said why do we need that the average consumer can't tell the difference between 1080p and 4k and it's true for the most part um but then we've got 8k displays and it's even more what the hell are we doing this for but I'd I... say it's slowed down. Like when you saw the march from like, you know, 480, then 720, then 1080, that was pretty fast. Mm. But after we got 1080, that leveled off. Like I still have, I still have monitors back in Poland, which are 1080p that are like six years old. Mm. And I'm still, and, and I'm going to bring them with me to Cyprus, I'm going to use them. Like 10 years ago, if you would have like a six year old monitor, you would have CRT. No, you're right. I mean, I'm still using my old ones. I've had two generations of 4K monitors now, but my my old 1080s are still my peripheral kind of monitors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I okay. mean, VR. Mm -hmm. I think I think once we get to a point where I can no longer, I don't want to say see the pixels. I don't. It's not that I don't want to see the pixels. I don't mind that so much. It's more about the fidelity of what I'm looking at at such a close. You know, it's so close to my eyes that it's difficult for me to be fully immersed and it's difficult for me to use it long term as well because I, I will be straining i mean there's obviously the depth perception issue as well isn't there with uh, with headsets uh, you got used to that um initially you try to because you you some especially when you have like a so so the the, the thing that you haven't mentioned is a fresnel lens issue so sorry i when... forgot yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm here. I do this for the living. I got paid to do that. So um, the, the right now, when you have like a high contrast, when you have something very dark and very light, like, oh, I don't know, black text on a white background, for example, but also something glowy in game, uh, you start seeing this sort of like a fresnel blur of the, mm. of the lens. And that's still like, still not good. But we, again, it's not, a, I don't think it's a, I don't think we yet hit physical limitations. So, for example, when we have um, uh, progressive transistors and they're getting smaller and smaller, we're getting to we're starting to hit point where the transistors are so small that the quantum uncertainty becomes a problem, hmm. and we're we're hitting the hard limits of our physical reality. But we don't have that with uh, with uh, headsets nowhere near yet. Oh, no. So it's a it's a bright future for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'd said I'm, I'm excited about it, and I don't see any reason why we can't reach these. It's, it is a waiting game at the moment for the early adopters, at least. Anyway, people, I speak about VR occasionally to non-technical people, to, to networking groups, and that kind of thing. It's just because it's merging, it's coming out. Same with AI, and some people glaze over. Other people are like, "Well, it's I didn't even realize VR was a thing yet, really. I mean, we hear about it occasionally, but we still think it's sci-fi, you know." You see advert every now and again with some uh, rehabilitation software that happens to be using VR, and it's a passing thing. You know, it, it, mm. it kind of glimp, it's on the screen for a second and then go, and it's not yet fully accepted. 
Tady je, oh, tra- training, um, training and medical is like whole another bug. Uh, but before before we touch on that, I just wanted to finish on a bit on the, on the gaming. And we were talking about it just before a show. Um, shit, when I started, I had a really interesting thought in my head, and then it just like blew out of my out It of happens my head. to the best of us. It happens to the best yeah, of us. Well, we were talking um, about hardware limitations, weren't we? So we were saying the um, you know we've got the resolution issue. We've got things like we can't read text properly. I mean, you said that you could read it, but I want to be able to read text like I can read text yeah. in real life. You know, virtual reality needs to be more immersive. Not a wrong word again. It's really difficult. No. It's so oh, immersive, but it's immersive. Okay, now I remember. I got it. I got it. I got it. So, um, so I'm not. Uh, even though from from you guys who are watching the stream, you might think that I'm an um, easily excitable person because whenever <laughs> I'm streaming, I'm like animated and yay. But that's because I talk with amazing people, and it's just joy to be with with Chris and Josie. Uh, in in real life and in gaming, I'm like more subdued. And so, for example, right now I'm playing through. XCOM 2. Amazing game. Very compelling. I have so much fun, fun playing it. But at no point did that ever did that experience ever approach the amount of fun and amazingness that I felt a few hours ago when I was live streaming my game. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadow Surprising. Because you get to feel so cool when you do it. Like you're hooking from wall to wall and you're like grabbing, you know, you're, you're like climbing on the walls like Spider-Man, like some sort of like super cybernetic ninja and you slash at the guys and you're like you aim with the bow, you actually aim instead of having an aiming reticule and you throw those ninja stars because you, you know? got this... It's like you... The experience is unexplainable. It's like you, you get to feel so amazingly so watching and... watching your live stream I, I i kind of held back with some feedback only because i knew i'd be speaking to you later on to me as mm-hmm. i said in in the actual live stream to me the ai looked quite quite dumb it looked and and you were explaining that what you were doing you made it look easy because you're used to playing it but yeah. you were having complaints that people felt it was too hard so you had to not necessarily dumb down but you've had to nerf quite a lot of things just to yeah. just to make sure people don't quit out within the first 5 seconds of playing the game yeah, the, the unfortunate, the, the unfortunate uh, side effect of, of watching me play is that I know exactly how to exploit the AI in the game. Mm. Because I know exactly how it works. I helped design it. So I know exactly how to go around it. So one of the ways, like, um, when you when you, tri- when you sort of get spotted by... Whoa, we get this sidetracked. But whatever. When you get okay, spotted by the guard, you have to run away from the guard. But how do you make it that the guy eventually loses you i mean like it's it's part of the system they have perfect knowledge so initially we had something like the guard was so uh, basically what we set it up on is that you have to sort of lose two corners so when you have like a box and you're here and there is a guard here you have to turn one corner and the guard lost line of sight so he's gonna go to the last point when he saw you and look for you Mm -hmm. but if he won't gonna see you then he's like where the fuck is he so you have to turn two corners to lose the guards or you have to go in a place where you know that they cannot reach where they don't have any point where they can see you so there are like small things that i know as developer that you wouldn't knew as a player and the ai wouldn't be as dumb at least it wouldn't appear as dumb did you make those decisions because it's in vr or because it's just because it's part of the game uh, part uh, part because it's a game, part because it's in VR. Like the other problem in VR is that you have way less peripheral awareness. Mm. Where um, when you're playing something like Thief or um, Splinter Cell game, for some reason it's a, maybe maybe it's part of the the fact that you have a headset because in headset you have less peripheral vision. Okay. Like it's not sort of full 180 degrees. Like here you wouldn't see. Wait, let me... Okay, so yeah, you wouldn't see hand. You would start seeing your hand here. So that's like 60-ish degrees that you have out of 180. Right. So that's a huge deal. And that was that was a huge issue. So a lot of the... A lot of the... Like, a lot of the game development for VR right now is figuring out what kind of limitations we have and how we can go around these things. Like, for example, I've read about the game where... Um, if you have your back to your enemies, they don't attack you. <laughs> well, that's a they, they, though, isn't it? They, they try to get in front of you and then attack you. So, mm. 
in theory you could chase the guy by like facing the wall and going like you know by the wall in in theory um simply because uh during the playtest the developer f- developers find out that the players were constantly attacked from behind and they did not like that and you know in in our in normal video games of a mouse once you have like more vision second you have like some sort of indicators which those indicators don't quite work in vr for mm. some unknown reason it's a lot harder to sort of notice it because you're so immersed in what you're doing right now and like you're dealing with the enemies in front of you you just ignore the ui mm. so that's interesting thing. it is yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting that we're all all the forms of media um movies film you know, m- movies and even music to be fair is using vr um at the moment too i've seen people go to band practice using vr um i've seen people not people but i've seen uh, projects rather where they've you know said that this is a possibility this kind of thing and that, that kind of stuff really excites me it's interesting that i would be able to collaborate with people across the world without having been in the same room as them it won't have the same feeling i wouldn't feel the the feeling of the bass i wouldn't it's feel the drums so close it, but it's it's, it's, so close. it's going to be good enough for mm-hmm. us to again use this to advance the human race i think personally i think it's going to be yeah. pushing us to the next level of collaboration but with it it brings lots of problems it brings lots of moral issues lots of physical limitations and well, let's discuss those a little bit in fact before we do there was one other thing that's currently holding vr back in my eye especially commercially and that's the price of it mm. it's coming down when they were i think when it was the vive 800 pounds or 1200 pounds to start out with yeah it, it was like a thousand dollars um like a year ago plus year and a half now it's 400 so it mm. is getting cheaper and it's like okay. that's a remarkable <clears throat> price drop but that's also similar if you look at again things like 3d televisions two and a half thousand pounds one year the next year a thousand pounds which is you know the same size better quality yeah. and at least vr headsets they, they they have so much room to to get cheaper because you don't need like it's it's not a pc you don't need any transistors really in i mean you have some logic board in there obviously but it's not mm. on the like it's not a fucking pentium 4 right mm. um all you need is screens and tracking soft uh, tracking thingies and accelerometers and stuff like that and once you start like mass producing them truly mass produce them when you can really cut the cost it's gonna get so cheap i i wouldn't be surprised when we're gonna soon um soon within five years see high-end pretty high-end uh like better than right now uh headsets for like 200. Yeah, I, I, it will. It'll happen. It happens with everything. Again, I remember Blu-ray players coming out. I remember DVD players coming out, and then being an absolute fortune. You know, yep. four hundred, five hundred quid for a bloody that something that's fifteen pounds now, or even less. Yeah. It's 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 what happens. It's it, you know, yeah, even I'm, though the, it's current, it's still cheap. I'm I'm a fan of Computer File uh, YouTube channel, um, which is just amazing. And they every now and then the, there is I forgot the professor's name. He's like older dude, and he's talking about uh, often about like very basic or historical concepts in computing. And you know, like the, the first computers were costing bloody fortune, mm. and you can and now you can get like shit like that for two hundred. Well, you yeah. Know, Again, high end, high end phones with you know. What's the newest thing on phones now? It's four cameras or wide lens cameras, isn't I don't it? Even That's know. The, the big. Thing. I saw I saw like a phone with like a display on the front and display at the back, and yeah. I'm like, why is it even needed? I mean, For it's selfies. amazing. Selfies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes. Okay. So, Josie, Josie mentioned in chat, what about Uncanny Valley? Um, so yeah, did you do you not understand what the Uncanny Valley is? Or, uh, yeah, do you want to explain it for those that don't yeah, know? Oh, well, the un- well, the Uncanny Valley is essentially some... When you view a computer-generated graphic of some description, and please tell me if there's a better description uh, of this. It's not only... Uh, so it's like basically anything that's close... Uh, so basically when, when, when you like say build a robot, because it started with robots. Uh, when you build a robot, it's like, oh, it's kind of like very robot So let's make, let's make an axis of like how sort of how life, how human-like is it's looking is on this one mm-hmm. and how uh, how much people like it here. So like, so like uh, around here at the very start, it's like those uh, factory robots, which are totally not human and no one really feels adorable about them. And then you have something like Wally, 
which you know with <laughs> like big eyes and adorable motions and that's like getting like ooh we like that and then you get like closer to like something like maybe sort of like anime-ish stylized and it's like oh it's really nice let's make porn of that and then you go like very close to being human-like but there is something off and basically yeah. the, the the graph of likeness goes way down like because uh, the, the psychological basis as far as i know and correct me if i'm wrong is because um we perceive uh, those sort of uncanny robots in similar way as we perceive sick people or dead mm. bodies because that. like it's looking like a human it has a human shape very human but that there is just something off like yeah. a so little thing i was i was just going to explain at the end of what you just said then that was that's basically my understanding of the uncanny valley is that we we look at something that's human like and we know it's not human but we don't know why we can't mm -hmm. figure out have you seen the film um ex machina i don't think so it was last I year know. or the year before that it was released and it's um, it's it's a very very interesting take it's kind of a black mirror-esque uh, i'm a big fan of black mirror but um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting take on on the uncanny valley. Very interesting. No spoilers. No, 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 no. no that's all I'm going to say. That's that's enough. Um, okay. But I, I I highly recommend it. I've I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was one of those that kind of just it went a bit under the radar. I thought, um, but it's perfect. It's it's exactly what I like about films and media, and it's it's that kind of psychological thriller kind of ride yeah. that you get, and and it, there's a lot in there. It's good, good, good watch. Yeah, as for as for Uncanny Valley, I don't think we're gonna have any um, many VR specific issues. It's like mostly the just generic 3D issues of Uncanny Valley. Where Yet. let's yeah, um, maybe. But the issue that I could see happen is issue with tracking. So uh, right now you can see countless videos, especially from VR chat, where just the model starts spazzing the fuck out mm -hmm. because like the, there is something going off with the tracking and the inverse kinematics just cannot keep up and the, the model starts doing helicopter arms or something and it's just it's funny yeah uh, but if you're gonna have like this sort of very human like so imagine this we get like very human like avatars to the point when there is some sort of like a facial tracking so when i'm talking you can see my avatar moving the face mm -hmm. but it's quite not quite there so yeah. like maybe instead of like moving thermally, it's like you've seen uh, Rust, the computer game. It's got it. It's got that built yeah. into it. So when someone talks, yeah. the mouths move in time with yeah. the talking, but obviously it doesn't track what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. But it's really interesting that because they do obviously in cinema, um, they yeah. do that. They 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 essentially you know see what the they react to what the actor that's the word i was looking for they, they react to what the actor's doing and saying and then you know model over the top of that but it's yeah it's... but they have so many like tracking dots of them when you when you look at the behind the scenes pictures they have like the face in dots it's like 50 dots on the face just for the tracking yeah 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 but we're getting there we're getting there and I mean, mm -hmm. the, i would say the other issues that we face are things like the psychological issues the isolation that we may experience as well so let's say for example mm -hmm. vr becomes the norm everybody in an office has a vr headset sat next to the desk as well as the monitors probably maybe yeah. maybe instead of we don't know yet um and then everyone at home has one as well and then everybody you know everyone's got got a vr headset they're so cheap and they're so good quality and everything's so reliable that it's become commonplace we don't really apart from to get a haircut and this is a, this is the case now we don't need to leave the house unless we need to get a haircut maybe doing shopping and even that you can get delivered to your house exactly, yeah. and you know if you want to do shopping you want to touch sometimes we do want to go and touch something yeah. before we buy it you know we want to see how cloth, big it is shopping yeah no yeah. way though there is uh, there are like ar applications right now which sort of like the, <laughs> the, the, the camera fine. takes yeah the, the camera takes a sort of like live feed of you and they overlay clothes on you and it's yes. actually sort of according to the sizes that you have so, so they have so you can see if if like the sleeve length is all right and see all this stuff yeah. that you're we're all meant we're mentioning today and there's been i've wrote a load of other things down on a list of things that vr is currently used for all this stuff is gimmicks at the moment Mar usually marketing gimmicks as well they used to sell yeah. something or provide a extra value because i mean the high street isn't what it used to be uh, i don't know what it's like in in where you're living at the moment but in england our high street is plummeting 
we don't we do, our shops are closing we basically don't have much going on it there's a bit of a revival and then they'll all shut down again and loads of big businesses will go out of uh, uh out of business and we're in a situation where they need to provide an experience over just a place to go to buy something because yeah. we've got that on the internet and humans yeah. are lazy if we don't have to get up we don't have to move and we can get something the next day or now We'll interesting thing, yeah, interesting happened in my in my hometown. Home, my hometown, Old Town, used to be like the shopping center sort of, and you had like a lot of hidden shops, and uh, they all dead, but they're all replaced by restaurants, and they're packed. Mm. Like holy shit, every single day evening, like just like people galore. So like on one side, you say like you're worried about people staying home, but. Uh, the richer we get as society and that tends to be the progression we still have a lot of problems with poverty but in general people on average are slightly better off than they used to be and mm. it's gonna progress and people are gonna have more and more money to go out and this is what's happening like people are just going out more so at least in poland I, I don't think that's the case here i, I think people it's it's going back up but we had a we had a bit of a recession. Uh, it might have been mentioned at some yeah. point, <laughs> and uh, and we had a, a lot of places close. All the pubs closed down. You know, smoking ban came in as well. So we don't have people can't go and smoke in a public house anymore, um, which was one of the. I mean, it was a it was a big thing when that happened. People generally have accepted it now, but it is what it is. But I mean, to socialise, to actually go and see somebody and physically do things with each other, we. I was a bit worried social media was replacing face-to-face -face, but VR really could replace it I mean social media people are getting a little bit complacent with that now and a little bit bored of it I think They're slowly realizing it's it a time could. it could but um, I don't like I'm not too worried about it maybe because I just like meeting people in real life and I I, I assume that everyone does it uh, yeah. but the thing that I am worried about and that genuinely makes me worry about the future of society is VR coupled with uh, companion AI. Look at the top five, top five selling games on Steam. I think first or the second one is literally Virtual Game Girlfriend Simulator. Really? Yep. It's a big thing. Is it a it's good like, game? Is that a uh, good simulator? I have, I have no idea. I have honestly no idea, but at certain point it was bigger than Skyrim VR. So there is market for it. And, you know, you're gonna have... So imagine you have... Like, you know, obviously VR porn, Jesus, and then compelling enough companion AI with VR. So you have suddenly an entity that you can interact sort of in real life. That's also sort of intelligent, or at least you can pretend that it is. I've, like, just, I've just written down Virtual girl, Girlfriend Simulator, and I'm going to look yeah. it up tomorrow. Because... <laughs> yeah. That sounds mad to me. Yeah, I, I, dude, I genuinely think that's gonna that's gonna be the biggest threat to continuation of our species. Because at certain point, how do you compete as a human being with an entity that's literally created to please you, mm -hmm. and is the perfect companion, the perfect girlfriend, it's, the perfect friend? It's the same kind of well, obviously not not quite the same unless you're a particular kind of person. But um, it's the same as pets versus children. Yeah, you get a pet. And it's essentially, I mean, obviously they're a little bit naughty occasionally, but they're essentially there for you. They, they, they don't have any wants and needs apart from a bit of love, food, looking yeah. after them, you know, a bit of attention. Kids Good. are totally different. They have completely call, different call, requirements. Yeah, call me old-fashioned, but uh, people who call their pets their children creep me out. Well, like, I creep you out. I don't yeah. call them my children, but they... they, they well, I suppose we do in a way. It's it's mommy and daddy, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel weird about it. I mean, like I I, I can understand why people do it, but I just like maybe maybe we have that as an icebreaker one week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we oh, we uh, we talk about that in a bit more detail at another uh, a later date. But yeah, it's I know where you're coming from. My best friend's the same. He doesn't like. He's always had animals. He loves them a bit, but he doesn't like calling him his, himself dad, you know? So. Oh, uh, Tiger in chat says, uh, 3DX chat has a VR headset hookup wireless male slash female toy that can be used with someone in a different part of the world. And it's based of it's based on the movement of the person's avatar in I, the program. I saw the, the tech demos for that year, a few yeah. years ago now. Um, again, I've got no problem with it, but... Same. It's nothing. That's not the same as 
person-to-person contact yeah. and yeah but it's better than just long time uh, long distance relationship for oh, people yeah. who are uh, let's say soldiers abroad or people who frequently travel that's gonna be amazing for the relationships where you know you have to be away for extended period of, of time and all you have is like calls and emails but suddenly suddenly you can sort of be with the same person mm. in the same space sort of so yeah. i think it's gonna be great so there's that also that kind of brings me on to uh, other issues that they could. What about desensitization? What about not really being able to separate? You mentioned soldiers. Then currently VR is being used by soldiers in military simulations, in battle simulations, and a few other things. Virtual boot camps, um, medic training, that kind of thing. And I've seen this being used. What what happens when it gets to a point where a soldier? His only contact with his loved ones at home is within VR. He's training inside VR, and it's a battle simulation. You get to a point where you're in battle, and you fail to disconnect VR from reality. Is yeah. th- I mean, do you believe? Do you think that could be an um, issue in the future? I mean, you'd like to unless, think unless unless we get like the Matrix stack, because always I don't think VR sort of like a the current VR that we have, I don't think it's gonna ever be so real, so real life-like that it's gonna be easily confused. But if we manage to get like direct brain-computer interface, like Matrix plugs or uh, Nerve Gear from Sword Art Online, uh, that's gonna be an issue because then you're gonna be literally have no way of distinguishing reality from. Uh, yeah, from yeah. VR. So implants and and that kind of thing. Because yeah. I mean, it's not. There is obviously some kind of way. There will, or there will be some kind of way for us to distinguish reality. If it's an implant, it's not. It maybe not got. Actually, we don't know how that's going to play out because it will happen at some point. I'm yeah, sure at yeah. some point there'll be some kind of government mandated implant that everybody on the planet has to have. You know, God forbid that happens in my lifetime, but you know, it will be one oh. of those civil liberties that we give away gradually, like we have with our privacy. You know. Yeah. It's definitely, I don't think it's ever going to be government mandated because the minute something like that happens, half of America rises up and, you know, 1776 commences again. It's not, it's not going to be a a switch over. It's going to be this Overton window that you talked about before. It's not going to be forced. It's going to be just more convenient because look, we all now having GPS trackers on us with cameras and microphones, which are recording every single conversation we have. Absolutely everything. And, And I know that's happening. I know that's yeah. happening because yeah. the other day, and it's not just a convenient thing. This has happened to me way more often than than not. I've either been having a conversation with my wife or she's been having a conversation with me about something. We haven't typed it into Google anywhere. We haven't typed it into any search engines. We haven't put anything on our computers mm-hmm. or even on our phones, you know, actually yeah. typing it in our phones, yeah. about this subject. But then adverts have started appearing about this particular yep. thing. Now, some you know, back in the day, you used to have this: one bus comes, and then three bus, three three more buses come. Everyone, they all come at once, and then you have that. Or right, I've just bought a Honda. I can't start seeing Hondas on the the road everywhere. Mm-hmm. So there's always been that, and there's a word for it. I'm sure Josie would know the word for for this phenomenon. But it's, I think that we we're in danger of of that happening i think i've, I've lost myself track a little bit <laughs> got carried away reading chat and <laughs> while yeah. trying to talk uh, there is actually some quite interesting things uh, being said in, in chat one thing we have mentioned or we, we did we've, we've mentioned today but we haven't talked about uh, in any detail is vr uh, pornography as well which mm-hmm. is running it's basically that is one of the first mainstream things that's occurred with vr um apart mm-hmm. from games i think games kind yeah. of because it's come from the gaming industry, games were the first prototypes, etc. But now, I think porn kind of took off with it, and yeah. you know, like VHS and, and DVD and that kind of thing. That they kind of they kind of lead the way with some technologies only because of the sheer number that they sell. Someone's yeah. talking about um, this, you know, 3DX is saying 1.7 billion a year. I'm assuming that's dollars. Either way, it's a lot yeah. of bloody money uh, yeah. of memberships just because of the hardware. Uh, just because yeah. just off sales of hardware. Yeah, and you know, God bless porn for all the reasons, and also for being the leading tech uh, sort of uh, thingies. But also, again, like uh, Tiger, 
Tiger, you're amazing. You're like <laughs> the best, the best, uh, uh, the best guy we ever had because you talk about such amazing things. So he's saying that uh, VR training uh, for military purposes has been shown to be actually not all that beneficial. And the soldiers okay. that had VR training and maybe less normal physical training, they actually suffered more PTSD than the but normal ones. It's also been used to treat PTSD as well, which is interesting. Yeah. And there is, and like you, you said, uh, Spiky desensitization before, so, yeah. and I'm not worried about that because there was actually a few years ago there was quite a big of a problem in American military where their drone pilots would get PTSD. So guys who were sitting in America and they were literally playing with Xbox controllers because like I saw their setups, they're actually using Xbox controllers to to, to drive drones and Jesus and, and killing people and they get PTSD mm. from just causing people to die and they see that on screen. I, so that's going to be a problem. PTSD from, from yeah. accident, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how people can do that. It just it doesn't matter. How what the other per the other human being has done? It just seems a mad, it just seems a mad place to be. That that killing them is the option is the only option there. You know. Yeah. I, it, anyway. I wonder. I wonder what's the difference between like soldiers in life combat and the drone pilots? Because as a drone pilot, you gotta have some sort of uh, remorse because if you are in there uh, in person. It kind of feels equal, like you can kill them, they can kill you. It kind of feels fair. I mean, you have mm. still better equipment, but let's let's ignore that. But if you're just p piloting a robot, you are in complete safety. You just don't give a shit, and you you don't fight. You slaughter. You need and a certain mentality to do yeah. that. I think. How's that? I mean, gonna... what was it? Was it War Games that explored that very early in the eighties? The the film. Um, Could be. Uh, so also, Ender's, Ender's Game uh, made a really interesting thing where, spoiler, but it's a very old book, so who gives a shit? <laughs> um, the main protagonist was undergoing a series of war games, and only after the fact he was... Uh, it was like a fight against an alien race, and only after the fact he was notified that he just committed as... Uh, genocide. As, not a genocide, a, xen a xenocide. He not only killed a group of people, he killed entire species. Hmm. He thought it was war games that he was playing, but... Uh, and the, the shtick was like, oh, you're playing against super advanced AI, which is learning uh, from the way you play, so you have to be constantly on your, on your toes. Yeah. Turns out he was uh, sending, you know, those ships that he was sending that he thought it was just like pixels on screen, they had pilots in them. He yeah. sent millions of people to death, and he wiped up entire species. And it's a good and, job and that's fictional, but it won't be, and it probably it, isn't yeah, fictional. It could happen because the better we get with with you know the VR trainings and stuff like that, like we're gonna get to a point where, you know, they might just say to soldiers, "Here, so you are doing like a war games now," and there is like a robotic avatar that they're piloting. I, I think, I think, that obviously there's always scandals and there's always things that happen that shouldn't be happening, but I think generally. The people who are doing it or should know you know they will know that they're going they're killing people but this desensitization comes by removing themselves from the situation like the drone pilots or even like um riding an as-130 or whatever in the sky and being so far out of range and having a you know a cannon that's just as bad it, but you're in you are in harm's way but you're mm. you're still miles you know you make it very difficult for the enemy to retaliate if you're yeah. you've got better technology i suppose Anyway, let's move on to the next uh, the next bit. Yeah. Let's actually talk the total opposite, which is use VR in rehabilitation instead of killing people. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we haven't got much time left. We've got 10 minutes left. Um, it went very we can quick do this. today. Yes, we can do this. Let, um, let's ignore RTFM. There is nothing to rage. No, is no. Amazing VR is a happy subject for us. Apart, yeah. from, apart from, you know, the moral issues that we've mentioned, Ooh. there's lots of them. And this is the thing. What I'm hoping to do is maybe have a few more episodes where we delve more into the moral issues, more into the the sickness yeah. and the technical constraints that we have and, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, I've read an article when like uh, some like female journalist said that she was raped in VR because like in VR shot people were like playing around and they did like that to her avatar and she felt violated. Um, whether whether you think it's a valid thing to feel or not, let's I mean I could see how someone could feel like that and I will not pass my judgment on them. But that's another uh that's that could be another problem uh there's, there's 
There's so I... many potential problems with it, but there's also there's also the argument that it. I mean, everything that we've ever done, there are problems with it, and we yeah. do eventually work them all out. And yes, there are bad people in the world that do bad things with good technology. Um, I think as long as it's been, our industry is not. The, the technolo technology industry is not really regulated in any way, shape, and form. Now, the only thing really that worries me in that respect is AI. Yeah. And I think I have a serious worry that at some point in the future, we're going to have a rogue AI of some description. Maybe not like it is in the films. Maybe not. Maybe it's just going to be a mass leak of all the data in the world to to the wrong people. I don't know. Whatever it will be, it's not going to be pretty because we don't have any regulation there. And as much as I'm against it, sometimes it needs, you know, yeah. sometimes we need that. I mean, look, we have uh, we have treaties about nuclear weapons. And as a private citizen, you cannot have ICBM in your ba functional ICBM in your back, uh, backyard. There is a reason for it. And there is probably a reason why people shouldn't have general purpose AI, at least without a factor of supervision. Because I, 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 I share the I share view of Elon Musk on this topic that general purpose AI is orders of orders of magnitude more destructive and potentially life ending than any atomic weapon or any viral weapon that we Because everything's possess. connected. That's the problem. Because everything imagine something as powerful as uh, did you watch Terminator Genesis? Uh, vaguely remember, I was a wee lad when that. No, no, out. Terminator Genesis, not the. Oh, no, it was out recently. You went wee. Oh. <laughs> it was only a few years ago. Um, no, that, so that, it's brilliant. It's actually it's it's a good it's a good Terminator film. I thought I thought okay, brilliant. Maybe it's not the right word. It's a good film. Arnie's in it. It's good. I'm an Arnie <laughs> fan. But anyway, the 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 premise in that is that an, an OS gets released. You know, like Windows 10. Windows 10 is now the standard for Windows. Everybody has the same thing, and they constantly release updates and big changes in the operating system regularly, you know? That was what happened with this, this Genesis operating system. It got released, and basically that was the new Skynet, and it basically just covered the entire globe, went over all of the Internet of Things, and just destroyed everything, just took over everything. And yeah. that is possible. As a programmer who thinks... API who thinks yeah. about my job is to make things talk to each other all the time. If we've got an AI in place that's clever enough to go, these can talk to each other, we can convert this to this, and then we can get these. Everything can just, it can very quickly scan the entire globe and just, it's scary. Anyway, AI is a different yeah. subject. I went a little bit of a tangent yeah. there. <laughs> Which we should probably talk about. So, Josie, if you're still listening, can you get us like AI expert on show? Because that would be fucking amazing. There's, uh, there's a few people actually I might be able to reach out to. I'll, uh, oh, please possibly. do. Because, yeah, that's yeah, such yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've, you know, there's there was another thing I read today actually when I was doing a bit of research on uh, VR is uh, military torture. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, it's a it's a concern. I don't think there's any evidence of this happening, but yeah. people people using VR to uh, to well essentially torture and get prisoners to um, to speak. Um, mm. Now, conventional <laughs> torture is bad enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the problem with that is that anyone who's um, let's say information extraction specialist, let's use the official euphemism for the for the thing. Uh, anyone will tell you that torture is not effective. The effective way to get uh, information from someone who doesn't want to give it to you is essentially to befriend them, uh, to sort of like convince them that you are their friend and that they are so fucked up that you are the only person that can help them. And uh, it was interesting thing because like um, when uh, President Donald J. Trump of America was campaigning, he was like, we should like torture terrorists and their families. And then like... The General Flynn, I think it was like some American general was like, yo, this is a retarded idea. That's totally not how it's work. Like, no, just like, no, no, we, we do these things differently. And those are actually effective ways to, to get about getting information. Mm. And to, to credit of Trump, he said, okay, yeah, uh, I guess you're right. You're the spec on that. I won't gonna tell you how to do your job. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid about that sort of like torture for information structure i can't but, i can't quite think of an application for it it was just something that i read and it was interesting yeah. to think well but torture for torture's sake like because you get a bunch of sick cycles so. well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, 
again, that's a it's again bad people using good technology for the wrong thing, isn't yeah. it? Unfortunately, uh, we've got we've got things like um, uh, manipulation of the the human mind, and we have this at the moment with um, with advertisement advertising yep. in computer games, in fact, and everywhere that we go. You know, it's it's increasingly becoming a problem. I have ad block on my yes, I'm 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 one of them. I have ad block on my browser, and it's increasingly becoming a problem going to websites because they have they have these please turn your ad blocker off all over it. And it's like, no, because I've got it on out of choice. The internet's a free place. It's not, if I want to subscribe to you, put a paywall up, you know, if that's a problem. But anyway, yeah. yeah and, and But within VR, there's the whole new learning experience that we as consumers also have to spot whether it's an advert or not as well. Because even in games, I very rarely spot when an advert is in a game. You know, it's not blatant. It's not obvious. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it, it might just be a backdrop. It might be something yeah. that's on a package of something you look at briefly, you know, it's, yeah. but it's there. And there's a moral obligation again there for us to not abuse that. From what I remember, like, I, I remember reading, um, I think it was on Gamma Sutra, I believe, those article that it's not all that effective. Uh, because like, for example, FIFA. FIFA tries to sell advertising space in on their virtual stadiums for um, for companies, and and some companies did study about it, and and it was basically well, people are way too focused playing the game, and then they just don't give a shit. They treat it as a backdrop. They don't even like, like they did some studies for like eye tracking. Like your eye literally doesn't even go in that <laughs> area of screen. So. That one, I'm not too. I'm not too scared. No, but again, it could. Yeah. There could be new things it that could. come out because it's a new technology that are, uh, you know, yeah. immoral. There I are, suppose. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of things because the thing is so new. We don't know how much we don't know, and I think history showed us that usually when the new tech happens, we are way more scared about the potential bad implications that the reality turns out happening. And it's good because it means that we're actually safeguarding against the potential badness. So I'd rather be a bit panicky now and be like, ah, I guess it wasn't a big deal mm. than uh, wake up one day in uh, your boring dystopia. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one for, uh, to, to bat technology away just because it's potentially scary. You know, I'm, I'm more about how do we make it more secure for people? How do we make it more uh more friendly for the consumer you know what what that's what i'm more interested in more than because i'm not going to be someone who uses it for bad things i'm going to be someone who looks at it and goes oh my god this is so exciting i really want no like you you know that's what we're that's what us developers yeah. generally do um yeah there yeah. was this uh there was this virtual experience where uh you had like basically vr headset and you had to uh you were like very high up uh, on like a skyscraper and there was a plank that you had to go on a plank to like save a cat and in real life they would put some plank on the ground so you could feel that there is a high difference and people would panic mm. like people would fall like people would, like accidentally step off the plank and they would in even though they have a ground right here, it's like a difference of like, you know, two centimeters. They would fall on the ground, flay their arms, panic, destroy headsets, like total mic'em. So some people definitely take VR as it's more real than not. Does that Me, not on the other hand, first thing that I did in VR was like jump off a skyscraper. I was like, hey, that's fun. Let me try to step I, off. My legs feel funny whenever I look down when I'm playing yeah. VR. I look down and I, I see my legs. My legs feel funny when I'm up yeah. heights as well. So I, I, I get the same inertia I suppose or whatever it's called um, uh, vertigo ver maybe? yeah the kind I'm, it's not vertigo but it's a kind you know I feel the same as I would in yeah. real life in VR which is kind of good kind of it's amazing it's amazing but I mean it is if anybody who's watching who hasn't had a go at VR headset just go go to I don't know go to your local convention every games convention these days yeah. has at least one there if not if not 12 now these days there are Last also one. VR cafes and stuff like that there is I mean I'm not sure I know of any where I live there's probably in big cities you know Manchester Liverpool there's probably some VR cafes there I'm not sure yeah. Um, but yeah it, there's plenty around you've got an opportunity to have a go bear in mind that if you do use it for a long time you may at the moment get a bit of VR sickness which is mm -hmm. it kind of comes over you for me anyway it came over me I was very hot uh, I got a bit flushed and I had to lie down physically I had to lie down for about an hour I couldn't 
get up without feeling really ill, uh, but I didn't throw up or anything like that. So other people have worse reactions. Yeah, don't you, get you, get, you get nauseous, and a huge part currently of VR game development is trying to mitigate it and, yeah. and find that how sort of how action packed because it, it, basically it's like your eyes and your inner ear send signals to your brain and what they send just doesn't match up mm. and that's what what it causes but you can you can do a lot of stuff that sort of tricks your brain so it's it's a very dodgy area that we're still working on as developers and we're getting a lot better like you can you could see my game um, shadow surprising you can be really mobile in it. Like, you can swing from wall to wall. I don't get nauseous. No, and I've heard that that kind of thing does make people nauseous. So it's, it's interesting yeah. playing you, watching you play that. It's, uh... yeah. it's, it's definitely part getting used to it, but it's also part, like, those small adjustments that we did in terms of how we move the player to the play space to make it better. Mm. Uh, it's obviously not perfect for everyone. Like some people just be more susceptible to VR sickness and they will never get over it. Some people will never have it. Some people will be somewhere in between when they get used to it. It's a new tech. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we're gonna someday come up with some sort of way, maybe like some electrical impulses that like trigger your inner ear, inner ear to send the appropriate signals. I mean, that would be fucking amazing. Mm. Imagine falling in VR and actually feeling like falling. Oh, no. no. Skydiving, skydiving in VR. That. I want it, I, I want it. I don't want that because I can go and do skydiving if I want to do that. If but I that's, want the that's expensive and it's a risk of death or like that. The, okay, skydiving, relatively safe. What about those uh, jumpsuits? Like uh, like the sort of j suits that have like wings that you... Wingsuit, yeah. Yeah, wingsuits when you jump off the, off the mountains and glide. I so want to do this. I so want to do this. But I probably gonna... But A, it's so fucking expensive and B... You have like what twenty percent mortality rate on that, so like I don't feel like rolling like I don't feel like rolling one d four and no. like am I going to die today? <laughs> yeah, I know I know I, where I you're coming from, but I think I think as soon as we start plugging things into our brains, that's when I'm I'm going to be really skeptical about it. I'm go I'd love the idea of having a neural connection directly in there yeah. that that really immerses me in something, but yeah. better than life. That's all I'm going to say to you. BTL <laughs> chips. The, the, uh, have you have you played the dragon? Um, you, you'll have heard of Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, dude, you, you're bringing up all the stuff that I don't know. I feel really? inadequate. God, yeah. this is, it's an English. Um, it, it's an English comedy, quite a low budget mm -hmm. comedy, um, but it, it's it's a, based on a book uh, by a guy called Doug Naylor, and it's um, it's futuristic in that they're on this uh, they're on this big mining ship, and. Mm -hmm. A catastrophe happens. It's all funny. It's comedy. It's ridiculous English kind of British comedy. Um, but Red Dwarf. Oh my God! You haven't seen Red Dwarf. Have you not even heard of Red Red? Dwarf? I, I haven't even heard of it. And it's like, <sighs> is it sort of? Is it the type of humor that you have with uh, Blackadder? Because yes, I it is. It's it's exactly the kind of Blackadder oh. type of thing. Okay, but, okay, right, okay. On, no, no, honestly, uh, right. We need to stop the show. <laughs> we need to move on. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you haven't seen Red Dwarf. That's madness. I'm watch it right. Right now. We haven't unfortunately talked about um, the future of VR, which is what this yeah. episode was going to be about in the first place. We were <laughs> going to talk about things like potential for holodecks, the virtual yeah. workspaces, which are kind of starting to become. We've talked about them a little bit, but they're starting to become a reality now. We were yeah, going to. We're going to talk about more ethical issues, um, things like using virtual reality to perform surgery, using yeah. uh, rehabilitation. Uh, rehabilitation, VR uh, courtrooms, therapy. therapy. There's so many applications that are all being explored at the moment, and there's so many companies doing it. It's, mm -hmm. but it's so widespread, and there's not much. There's not that much of an adoption yet. It will be the future, and that's what I'm mm -hmm. saying. So yes, thank you to everybody in chat. Thank you for being very vocal today. Uh, you've given us some great uh, talking points as well as uh, as well as what we were going to talk about, and. Uh, well, yeah. thank you. Great guys, yeah. Don't forget to visit our website, uh, dnistream.live, where you can find all the links, links about the podcast, uh, you know, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, what else do we have? All the things, we have all the things. GitHub, yeah. Discord. Uh, we yeah. do have our own GitHub repo where we, uh, I'm currently only got the website in there, which I'm currently working on. I'm trying to get the show lists working, but we're currently potentially thinking of moving podcast hosts we're not sure yet at the moment there's a few technical issues we're having 
Um, so yes, you can use our a contact form on our website to get hold of us if you've got any topics that you would like us to discuss. If you would like to be a guest, we we love having people on here. We didn't unfortunately didn't have time to get someone today. Um, yeah. Josie usually does that. So if you get hold of us via the contact form, we'll uh, we'll get back to you and book you in, probably yeah, no, if you're interested easy. enough. If you've got something to say, mm -hmm. usually our guests lead the topic as well. So yes, mm -hmm. feel free. Yeah, you can also tweet uh, tweet to us at DNI Stream and uh, also follow us because we post the most interesting things. We have literally the best Twitter on entire Twitter sphere. So do that. Go and follow us at DNI Stream. Indeed. And we hope to see you next week, seven o'clock Thursdays, every Thursday. Come rain or shine, uh, Josie yeah. will be back with us next week. I I am assured. Um, so if you miss her, her lovely female tones. And uh, please come and see us next week and, and join in the chat. Yep. Uh, actually, uh, next week we also have a guest. Um, oh, the best guest. Yeah, yeah. we've we, and Josie's talked him up. Summit rotten. There's uh, yeah. a guy called uh, Hamid So. I'm, I, I, I've practiced this earlier, and I still can't say it. Shojahi. I yeah. hope that's correct. I'm sorry if it's not Hamid. Um, and he's from Axosoft. So they're the people that uh, you may have heard of the piece of software, Axosoft, which is an agile kind of management tool. Um, and they also do something that we use for, for DNI stream, uh, which is something called Git Kraken. Um, and that's a kind of a Trello board, you know, kind of an agile board, Kanban board rather. Um, and yes, so we're, we're looking forward to having him. He's done lots of talks and he's got lots of YouTube videos, etc. out there. So we've got yeah. high hopes for him. I hope he's not and feeling the pressure. We're going to be talking <laughs> about how to take uh, your idea, like how to get from idea to a product. And that's going to be really interesting because everyone has ideas, but not everyone quite knows how to turn it into product. No, and I, I'm one of them people, so I'm going to be all ears next week. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that he is going to spark the next... Uh, the next part of my career, which is Same. hopefully productizing something yeah. that I've developed. Game dev is, I mean, it's full, not game dev, development. All the programmers and developers are woefully inadequate in terms of marketing and business strategy. So that's going to be super interesting and super useful uh, episode for everyone involved, I think. Absolutely. So thank you very much to everyone once again. Thank you, Pat. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris. Catch you later, everyone. Bye-bye.